What is up, guys? Welcome to The Real Build. I'm your host, Bill Ryman, your broker builder. What I'm going to be doing with this show is actually showing you guys what exactly you need to look for prior to buying, building, selling, or even renting a home. I'm going to bring in some of the top people in the industry so we can dive deeper into discussion about these topics and really give you guys the tools you need to learn and know prior to making one of the biggest purchases of your lifetime. So with that being said, guys, welcome to The Real Build. So welcome to The Real Build. I'm your host, Bill Ryman, your broker builder. And today I have a special guest coming from Laurel, Maryland. He is a leadership communication expert, international keynote speaker, corporate trainer, and best-selling author. For the past 10 years, he has spoken for and worked with some of the world's largest companies, associations, government, and faith-based organizations. Notable clients include AARP, Social Security Administration, Comscore, U.S. Coast Guard, and many others. Robert Kennedy, welcome to The Real Build. I'm happy to have you on. How are you doing today? Awesome, brother. So glad to be here, man. Yeah, have, excited to have you. I've obviously uh, got got the opportunity to be on uh, your podcast, so I'm excited yeah. to have you on mine. And thank you for turning to favor your communication specialist, obviously. So yeah. that's what I want to get into because it's so important, no matter what business you're in, not just right. construction, real estate. Obviously, it's huge in my business, especially on the selling side of things, too. So yeah. if you're in construction and real estate, you're going to want to listen to this because this is going to help you better serve your clients. What yeah. I always like to get started with is your background. So who is Robert Kennedy? That is huge. That's a huge question. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, nuanced, it's layered. It's kind of like different seasons of life that all come together uniquely to to create who we are right and so <laughs> currently i work with organizations and their leaders helping them to deliver critical messages with confidence helping them to present powerfully helping them to connect and engage with their teams so that they can mo motivate them and move them to action and i also work with small business owners who need to create greater visibility for themselves and their businesses. And I help them do that through teaching them the art of storytelling. So that's me in a nutshell. Um, I'm a dad. <laughs> I've got three kids. I've got a daughter who's just about to head off to college. And I've been married to my amazing wife for, gosh, going on 21 years in, in, uh, in August. So yeah, life is good, man. Can't complain. Good for you, man. That's awesome. And I mean, what you're doing is so important too. Let's start here. How did you, out of everything you could have done, how did you get into your profession? Like out of all the different selection choices you could have done, obviously we, we talked about you had a little bit of a real estate career too, which we'll dive yeah. into, but how did you get into what you're doing? Man, uh, like everything else with me, probably it's this nuanced question. It's not one of those things where I say, yeah, I went to school for this. And then I just got this job in the communication industry. It was kind of like this, this journey that I, I took, well, I, I was put on right <laughs> through in, in, in life here. And I go back to high school when I took this career inventory exam and the career inventory exam in high school said, Hey, you'll be good at these two careers, electrical engineering and something in communications. So of course I went to college and I did biology. Right. <laughs> so, well, 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 yeah, well, because at the time you you have careers that maybe are explainable to your family. Right. So um, if I go to my family and say, hey, I want to do something in communications. What? What, what is that even, you know, what are you talking about? Oh, I want to become a doctor. Okay. Yes. So there you go. Uh, so I, I, I do biology because it's something that I can explain at the time. And I'm like, Hey, you know, I'm good at science. So let me, let me do this. And it didn't take very long about my second semester in, I recognized that general chemistry and organic chemistry were not my friends. And so <laughs> um, I, I added a history degree to that. And so I be, I became a teacher after, after college. I actually, it wasn't even right after college. I was in the mental health field for about three years. And then I went into teaching and 
after teaching, I started to develop courses and online education for corporations. And that morphed into leadership development training and then finally communication training. So it's it's been this journey. I mean, and, th- and there have been little things inside of that. I mean, I've told you about my real estate foray. I've, I, I was a news anchor for an AM radio station uh-huh. back in the day. And yeah, so I, I, you know, I've started four businesses. I had an online music promotion business. I had a web development company and my online course development company, of course. And so it's, it's been this journey that's kind of led me to what feels like a place I should have always been. Right. It's just, it's like this natural fit for me right now. It's crazy too. I mean, it's, uh, and it's crazy how kind of that journey we all have lead us to Mm -hmm. where we're supposed to be too. Obviously I I've talked about this many times on my podcast, like how, you know, it was a love hate for me with the construction business. I was the laborer. I was big in the ditches. I hated it at the time when I was doing it. And now I love it. I love seeing homes come to life, being a part of the process that, you know, as far as design all the way to build and finish product and helping people. And, you know, like my journey throughout my life too, going to college, stuff I did in college, I'm not, I, I probably could have been without it, you know, yeah. not going to college and do, still doing what I'm doing today. Obviously there was experiences and things that, and I did learn stuff in college. I'm not saying that, but right. it's just crazy how that journey leads us to where we are today too. I mean, one thing I wanted to ask you too, I mean, you're, you're in a profession that is one of the most feared by people too. And I was, mm-hmm. I was just thinking this people, there's it, one of the biggest fears people have is public speaking. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, they, they get up there and, and if, even if you're sitting in a classroom and a teacher calls on you, they get that chill throughout their body. I mean, right. how, how are you teaching people to get, get past that too? And then we'll kind of go into the next part of communication and how important it is with business, especially in my profession as well. But I mean, what you're doing, it, it's one of the most feared things. So I give you a lot of credit. Yeah. Yeah. So for those of you that are listening, if you want to sound smart, glossophobia is what's that, what that's <laughs> called. <laughs> so fear of public speaking. But so I think the reason that a lot of people are afraid of public speaking is because we are afraid of being judged. Mm-hmm. And we know that we judge other people. And so we can only imagine what other people are saying about us in the way that we say stuff about people in our heads. It may not come out of our mouths all the time, but we think these things about people. And so we, we, we put our own fears onto or we, we project a lot. And so we, we think about the criticism or we think about the the finger pointing or the laughter or the failure that's going to happen. And we imagine ourselves on this stage with the spotlight on us and everybody in the audience pointing and laughing like, ah, right. And then so that we have this image in our minds, like, Oh my gosh, if I stand on a stage or if I stand in front of any group in front of the boardroom table or wherever, that's the scenario that's going to happen. And, and, that really just doesn't happen. I don't remember anybody except maybe a comedian had a whole room laughing at them. (laughs) So it's, it's, it's challenging for people. But the thing that I would say is this, you asked me, how do I help people get past it or get rid of the fear? And it's not about getting rid of the fear so much. It is really about reframing the fear. I say to my public speaking clients, my job is not to help you get rid of the butterflies. It's to help them fly in formation, Damn. right? So we did this, this, this challenge last week called the Confident on Camera Challenge. And, and we talked a little bit about the science of this. And we talked about your body's response. Your body responds with chemicals and, and, and hormones. And so we've got adrenaline, epinephrine. That's one of the chemicals that your body releases when it's confronted with something that is fearful for you or or something that should cause you to run right adrenaline and the other hormone that a body produces is cortisol and which helps you to deal with stress over longer periods of time because if you have too much 
adrenaline coursing through your veins, that could be detrimental to your heart, right? So cortisol kind of balances that out. So when you are afraid, your body produces these two chemicals. Guess which two chemicals your body produces when you're excited? The same two, adrenaline and cortisol, right? So uh, if you think about this, it's 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 healthy it's, or it's, it can be unhealthy to be stressed or afraid over long periods of time. It can be just as unhealthy to be super excited over long periods of time, right? That's why you're, you get drained. Even when you're excited, you're having a great time. After a while, your body's like, listen, no, no, I, I, need, I need some rest. I need to get away from this, right? So I share that to say that the fear that you feel biologically is the same thing as the excitement. The only difference is mentally how you position it. What happens is that we connect our thoughts to an experience or a feeling that we have either had or we have seen somebody else have, mm -hmm. and we may or may not have experienced it. So this, the fear and the excitement are things that, that haven't happened yet. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. So if I'm fearful about public speaking, if I'm fearful about getting up in front of a group, if I'm fearful about speaking, how can I reframe that into excitement about it? Can I start saying statements instead of saying, you know what, I'm so nervous about being up there? Can I say, wow, I'm so excited about this opportunity. I'm so excited about it. My body is tingling right now because I'm excited about this opportunity to share my knowledge and, and, and my experience. Yeah, that's, I mean, what you said there is it's amazing too to think of it because you don't think about that because in people's fear with speaking, I mean, in general, mm -hmm. even in, I talk about it with video and doing video and getting out there too, because that's so important. And, and yeah. what I do too, I've been doing more video. And I remember when I first started, how hard it really was. I mean, it mm -hmm. took me 10 takes and, and now I just do one and, and that's it. I'll edit it and then put it together and throw it out there. And I just don't even really care anymore because I'm so used to doing right. it, but it just, it was just, you're, you get so much into your own head that it's not mm -hmm. perfect. It's not. And I think that's a lot of people's problem in real estate. Uh, in I mean, cause there's more real estate video out there than construction, but mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's, they get in their own way. Uh, and that's, yeah. that's the biggest thing is they, they, their biggest fear is themselves and, and basically not what people are going to think obviously also is a huge factor in that. But in reality, most people just don't care what you're really doing. They care more about themselves than that. Yeah. Anyway. So. Yeah. Well, real estate and construction are, are industries of visual perfection. Mm-hmm. Right. Because yeah. um, when you look at a house, people are very critical of, of of houses or buildings. And if something is not straight or if something's crooked or something's they're like, no, that doesn't look safe. I don't know if I want to get that. <laughs> and then when you think about the houses, you, you think about open houses and you think about staging, you're bringing staging experts to make sure that furniture and lighting and things are in the perfect place so that people can see it as aesthetically pleasing and say, yes, mm -hmm. that's beautiful. That's mine. That looks like home. I want to live there. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. So if we think about it from that perspective, I, I understand also how people in a visual perfection industry can have the sense that, oh my gosh, if I say the wrong thing, if I look on video, not as professional, it, uh, people, people, people are going to judge me. <laughs> people are, people are going to think that I don't know what I'm talking about. And I'm, it's going to be like the used car salesman who's trying to, who's trying to manipulate or just kind of get something over on me. Right. So I, I, I can sense that and I can see why people might feel that, especially in the in the real estate construction industry but the other piece of this is yeah just what we said before let's let's reframe that fear in, into excitement well a lot of what you said too is actually how your communication is put out there how you communicate yeah. the format of communication too i mean if you're salesy you're going to be perceived as a salesman i mean that's the thing right. or the used car approach versus if you're showing what you do and how you do it on a daily basis yeah. people are going to like you or they're not going to like you the ones that 
don't like you and after seeing your video you're probably better off not working with them anyway right. you know because right. they're seeing and it's kind of it's kind of getting rid of that that gap and that time that you could be you, you could have wasted with those people that aren't going to be that right fit anyway and then right. moving forward with the people that click with you and so on and i've realized that with a lot of the content i put out people that the people that i meet they're like oh we saw your video on this we loved it and then I yeah. end up building them a house, you know, and it's just, it's crazy the power of it. And if you're consistent with it and so on, and and I've been doing video for the last probably three years, pretty consistently on our projects. Yeah. And, and though you may not know, or may not see a lot of likes and so on, I mean, people watch and it's crazy yeah. to like, you run into people and they're like, yeah, I saw your video on this. Well, why didn't you like it? You know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> or comment it or share, but yeah. you know, you kind of think about yourself sometimes going through so social media. I've said this before and you kind of skim, you're watching a video and you kind of skim by it and you forget to hit yeah. that, double tap it too. But anyway, let's go into that a little bit. I mean, you've said most of the interpersonal problems we face can be traced back to one thing, communication. It's at yep. the core of expressing ideas, sharing experiences, and connecting perspectives. It yep. needs to be done with confidence and clarity. This is huge, This is what I just said here, just because, I mean, it's so important in every business, but in the business that I do. So just, just talk about this a little bit. Yeah. Well, I think uh, we forget quite often that almost everything that we do in life comes back to relationships. I, a lot. There's nobody that is a self-made man or self-made woman. Uh, there is there. My mom used to sing this song when I was a kid called uh, No Man is an Island. Right. And so we, we've heard these phrases. A lot of us try to feel like, oh, my gosh, independence means I did it by myself. I did it my way. You know, I, we try to think about that stuff. But the truth is, we don't do anything. We don't do anything without being connected to someone else. Right? We, we, we either their experience or their financial resource or whatever it is, we're connected to someone else. So because we're connected to other people, because we need other people, the breakdowns in life quite often occur based on how we communicate with those people. And if we communicate well, then we've got support. If we've got if you communicate well, then we've got acceleration, momentum, we've got community. If we don't communicate well, then we've got isolation, we've got tension, we've got frustration, we've got all of those things. And not to say that good relationships don't have tension and frustration with them. They do. Healthy relationships have conflict, right? But in order to navigate that conflict, there is, there is effort and intention in, in your communication, right? If, if you and I are not vibing right now, if, we, if we're having challenges, if we never address it, if somebody never says, hey, you know what, let's let's stop and, and talk about this. Let's let's put the cards on the table for a moment. If somebody doesn't do that, then you've got constant tension that builds and ultimately explodes at some point. So that's kind of like the, the, the personal piece of this. But how do we bring that to business? OK, yeah, you're you're selling houses. You're selling um, office buildings, you're selling commercial, whatever it is, but you're selling based on an experience or a need that people have, mm -hmm. right? So you've got to be able to communicate that in a way that touches people based on what their heart is feeling. And I don't care who you are. People might say, listen, this person's left brained or this person's you show me the numbers. Let me see the ROI. Let me see what the strategic impact is going to be. Let me I don't, I don't care who you are. People make decisions. If everything is even apples to apples, oranges to oranges, people make the final decision based on how they feel. Right. So it's important for me to be able to tap into that. And I do that by being a better communicator, not just a better salesperson, but a, a better communicator that understands people, that asks the right questions, that that listens, that seeks to figure out what it is that drives people. What, what is it that makes them smile? What excites them? Right. So I, I remember being 
doing the process, going through the process of buying our first home with, with my, with my wife. And, you know, my wife was pregnant. <laughs> she was about um, seven, eight months pregnant at the time. And I remember one day we were in this house and she, I mean, we'd been looking for like five months already. And she just sat down on the floor in one of the houses was like, babe, let's just get this one. And I'm like, I'm looking around. I'm like, it's a nice house, but this bedroom, based on the size of it, when we, I mean, at this point we had been married maybe three, two and a half years and we were living in an apartment. And, and I'm like, listen, you're saying let's get this, but in a month or two, you're going to be trying to squeeze by the dresser and squeeze by between me and the bed. And, and you're going to be mad and you're going to, it's it. We're going to try to fix it. We're going to switch the room around and, and we're going to have all of this frustration. And that's an experience that we don't want to have. That's a feeling that we don't want to have because we knew what, what that was like in the apartment. Right. So we want our house to not just feel like home, but to insulate us from experiences <laughs> that we don't want to have. So an agent, as they're taking us through the house, they've also got to know that they've got to ask those questions. What are the types of things that you want to feel? What are the types of experiences that you want to have? What are the things that you don't want to happen? What are the things that you don't want to feel? And if an agent or if a builder or a developer is not able to ask and answer and understand those things, then, then, you know, then your sale just got tougher. Oh yeah. Yeah. That what you just said, I love that. It, it, I mean, ask the right questions is so important, obviously, mm -hmm. but the feeling selling on emotion, selling on feeling, that's what makes us buy. I mean, it, just a common thing going into a store. You know, those yeah. emotions we give for a product that we absolutely feel that we need, you know, yeah. sometimes we don't need it. Um, but, you know, it's just it, it's that emotion and that tie to it, too. So if you put that towards building and so on, uh, yeah. even on or real estate, it's just you're selling those emotions. And the problem is it, it is the communication. There's so much lack of it. Like I see it, especially in I mean. The amount of realtors out there now too is just crazy. Everybody gets mm -hmm. I always say whoever moves to Florida gets their real estate license. And it's just, <laughs> you know, and it's just there's so many of them, but so so many that don't care. They're all they're in it for just that quick sale. And let me get the yeah. money. I'll move on. I'm I'm gonna make so much money doing this. It it you should if you're in real estate, you shouldn't be in you should be in business to help people. That's why you're right. doing this. It's not yes, money can be good, but if you're doing it to help people, you're gonna make more money. If you're doing it because yeah. you actually care, same with building. That's the way I am. I'm passionate about delivering a superior product. I'm passionate passionate about uh, having the end game product and the customer more satisfied than any other company they would have went to that's like right. our mission or my drive you know the amount of punch outs we do and so on is just people think we're insane but we do yeah. it because we want to deliver that superior product i'm selling at the beginning too so if i'm selling you at the beginning while we're talking saying yeah you know rk rhyme construction is the best builder in the world because we go above and beyond deliver a superior product then i don't do that that's yeah. not going to be a good review. So, right. you know, what you're saying and selling that emotion, asking those right questions, setting yeah. the expectation up front, all that is so important. So I love what you said right there. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Love it. That's huge. Yeah. Um, so another thing you said too, let's talk about, you know, communication and leadership, obviously it's huge. So getting everybody to, uh, to, row in the same direction at the right time with the right amount of energy takes powerful communication and purposeful leadership. Explain this a little mm -hmm. bit. I know this is more kind of team related too, which there's a lot of people in real estate that are on teams or running teams or even on a, my, on the building end too. You know, I have a team that's within our office that keeps everything, the engine running and everybody's kind of got their job and segment. So yeah. explain that a little bit. Yeah. So I think it goes back to what we just talked about with regard to emotion, with regard to asking the right questions. A lot of times in corporations, you encounter people who are just there for the paycheck. Mm -hmm. Right. You encounter people who listen, if if 
I need to punch in at nine and then punch out at five. Then that's what I'm going to do. No more, no less. And my day's done and I'm going home. I'm going to eat some nachos. Right. So um, we've got to figure out as organizations in order to really be running at optimal capacity. Right. We need everybody who's on the team to be doing and I don't even want to say extra, but we need them to be at maximum capacity as well. Right. And when I say maximum capacity, I'm not talking about, oh, everybody has to work 60 hours. Per week, I'm talking about the enthusiasm with which you approach your job, the the efficiency with which you which with which you deal with your customers and and how you connect with them. And in order for me to do that, I've got to want to do it, right? And if I've and I, if if I want to do it, in order to make me want to do it, I've got to connect that want to some other need or desire in my life. So as leaders. What do the people in your organization need? What's going to drive them? What's going to move them to action? What's going to make them excited? What's going to make them own the vision of, of your company? Is it just something that Bill came up with that I'm not, listen, I'm not tied into it at all. I'm just, I'm just here, right? Or is there something that you can tie to them that makes them see, you know what? This is not just Bill's picture. This is a picture that contributes to my life as well and my world as a whole. And if I work, if I do this, if I contribute in this way, it's going to be beneficial to me, my family, my community, people I love, people I care about. I get to say that I'm a part of, of transforming and helping people, right? Rather than just, I, I, I did it because I was hired, <laughs> to, to do something. So it's it's important for leaders to be able to find out where people are, what motivates them, what drives them, what do they care about? What do they love, right? In order to be able to create an environment and a culture that that allows people to then move forward at optimal capacity. Yeah, that was the key word right there was culture, creating that company culture to kind of mm -hmm. reflect your core values and your beliefs yeah. too, of what you really want. And it's yeah. it's such an important thing with companies. And so and especially with my company and what we're doing and yeah. on, on the building end and what me and my brother are doing, it's just having that team establishing those core values, telling them what our vision is and how we want things done. It has to be that well-oiled machine, you know, yeah. especially in, in luxury homes. I mean, it's just, you miss one thing, that customer's upset and they remember that one thing. I mean, yeah. in our process down here, is a lot different than up north just because it takes us so long to build these things. I mean, it's taken right. us 18 months to build a house that because there's so much that goes into them. You miss one thing. Right. I mean, you never hear the end of it, too. So you mm -hmm. want every single step along the way to be correct. And same with real estate, too. You're running a team. You want those salespeople to be motivated and sell more houses. That's how you're going to make money. Well, you better give them give them something like you said, a bigger picture motivate yeah. um a movement, create that movement i mean it's so key right there so anybody listening i mean this is this has been yeah. awesome so far let me let me add a ca a caveat or just something additional yeah. there too because i i know i say yep you got to listen to people you got to figure out what they want mm -hmm. the reality is especially as company gets companies get larger the reality is you're not going to be able to meet the need of every single person in your company. Yeah. So this is where hiring and bringing people onto your team becomes super important. So you use the, you use the term core values just now and establishing those and really being upfront and clear on what those core values are. If you're clear on your core values and you're always pushing those core values and you're always connecting those core values to a vision and a mission that you have as a company, that's also going to stand out during the hiring process. Mm -hmm. That's also going to stand out during the vetting, whether you're bringing on independent contractors or uh, 1099s, W2s, whatever, uh, it's, that's going to stand out. So what that does sometimes is as you've established that culture, you may see people 
that want to be a part of the culture, but you're, but you look and you, and you have some clearly established questions that make you say, yeah, no, that person won't fit this culture. And that's okay. Right. We we don't have to feel guilty about creating a culture, you know, within 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 certain guidelines. I mean, we we can't put those along, you know, cult, uh, ethnic, racial and uh, heritage lines. But, Hmm. you know, as far as the culture is concerned, do people want the same thing? Do people, are, are they satisfied by the same thing? Do they have similar core values? Can they align with what the company is headed towards without too much strain and struggle, right? Can, can we put this relationship together? And, it, you know, it's, it's, it's organization, but it's, it's, for those of you who believe in marriage, it's like a marriage, right? It's, 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 it's a relationship that you've got to think about it as a long-term thing. And you got to figure out, is this the right, is this the right fit? So that's, that's important to, to, to recognize as well. well. Bouncing off of what you said too, I think a lot of people's, they, you know, a lot of their problem with hiring and so on and finding the right employees is they don't think these people meet the right qualifications. Well, sometimes the people that really have no experience could be the best hire for the position. Right. And what going off of what you're saying I highly, highly agree because if they fit within those core values, you can always teach them the things they need to learn. Problem with business is I don't have time. I don't have time to train these people. I need somebody that's had experience and so on. But sometimes the people with little to no experience are probably the best ones in the long run too. You got to spend a little more time with them, but they're going to stick with you longer than that guy that had the experience that doesn't match those core values. Yep. Yep. You. So I, one of the things I share with the entrepreneurs that I train sometimes hire for attitude, train for skill. There you go. Right. Because I mean, you could, you can hire somebody who's had 10 years of experience in the industry. They're super skilled, but Mm -hmm. when it hits the fan, they're going to be for the, they're going to be out for self. They're not going to be for the company and what you've built. So do you want that person who is, you know, a negative Nancy or a negative Nelson, whatever you want to call it, um, you know, or do you want the person who is going to say, you know what, I know it's hard right now. I know that we're at a point where the company's revenue is bottoming out and you may not be able to pay us for the next three weeks, but I'm in there for you, Bill. I'm in there for you, boss. I'm in there. You know, let's, let's, what can I do to help, help us make it through this? Because you know, is that the person that you want in your team? Heck yeah. Right. I, I want that person who is not just loyal, but is willing to say, you know what? I'm, I, I own this as well. I own this process with you and I'm going to do everything it takes, you know, to, to make it, to make it move forward. So yeah. Hire for attitude, train for skill. Love it. Love it. Let's talk about another thing too, and how important this is, is telling your story. Cause you, you preach this a lot, obviously is just the best. But so, you know, telling your story, getting out of your comfort zone, what's the best way to do this? Let's go kind of in the construction realtor and sure, you know, this, this kind of general field, if somebody's involved in real estate, mortgage people, whatever. Um, I guess it's broad to any business, but telling your right. story, like how important is this? How can you do this better? And so on. Well, it's, it's crucial. It's critical. It's important. Every time we purchase a product, every time we look for a company, one of the first things that a lot of people do is they look for the reviews, yeah. right? They, they, they go to Yelp, they go to the better business bureau, they go to Google and they type in, um, R.K. Ryman reviews, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, but what what is it that that we have? What experiences do we have to share with people? Because people are looking for the experiences of others. So as a real estate agent, um, if my buyer, and I'm coming from up north, this may not be the same as in Florida, but if my buyer is looking at colonials, right? Or if they're looking at, um, a bungalow or the, we have a lot of these. And when I was a stage in Massachusetts, the Cape, Cape Cod, Cape, Cape style houses, right. Um, 
as a new buyer, I may I may see the houses, but I may not know the differences between them. I remember when I first started to look and I bought my first house before I became a real estate agent. So when I saw these different terminologies, I was kind of like, well, what's what's the difference between a bungalow versus a colonial versus a rancher versus, you know, all of these different types of things. And so I needed to have a real estate agent that not just knew what they were, but had lived in, had experienced, had walked through, had 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 connected with people that were living in to share some of their experiences. So, for example, um, you know, we know that the ranch house is, is, is it doesn't have multiple floors. All right. But a Cape house has a second floor, but it's not the same as a colonial because the Cape is really just, uh, you know, it's kind of got the, the, the smaller roof. Uh, or the lower roof. And so you don't have a fully functional uh, second floor and there's no attic, <laughs> right? <laughs> and so, you know, is is that good for growing up a young family, mm-hmm. right? So I, I want to have that story. Okay, as, as a young agent or as a young mom or as a young dad, here is, here's the type of house that I had. Here's the type of, here, here are the benefits of this. Here's the benefit of this, this neighborhood. I haven't, I live in a neighborhood just like this one. And you know, the, the, the park is here and our kids are able to do these types of things. If you're selling to a family, then you've got to have those stories and those experiences and those connections. Right. If I'm selling to someone who is single and um, intentionally single and doesn't care about families, they're like, I never want to get married. I never want to get married. I, as a matter of fact, I don't even want to live around other families, <laughs> right? <laughs> but you're kind of, as, as an agent, you're saying, you know, as a mom, I did this. That's the wrong story. Yeah. That's the wrong story because you're not listening. You haven't paid attention. So what are the stories that you can tell to connect with the emotions of the people who you are connecting with? What is the right story that you can tell um, in order to not just make things functional and informational and data-driven, but experiential and emotional. That's powerful too. And I, and I don't think people realize the power of that. Because, I mean, we're, we've all been kind of sold a story of a product or a brand our whole entire lives without even mm-hmm. re- really realizing it, if you think about it. And, you know, in the home space too, if you... And Gary V actually uh, has kind of said to become your town mayor as far as far as real estate agents, so on, become the mayor of your town, talk about what what's in town, go to the restaurants, kind of showcase what's going on around. But if you implement a kind of a story of your background growing up in this town, what are the experiences that you went through personally and, and the things that you did and or like to do on a daily basis as you live your life, yeah. people are going to want to see that. They're going to want to watch it. You may not think they want to watch it because it's like, oh, it's me. What do they want to watch me for? But they mm-hmm. do. It's a, it, it's amazing how many people actually watch you and you don't even know it like we talked about. But yeah. it's so important what you're saying. And But it's just a lot of people going back to kind of get in their own heads about, okay, what can I talk about? What can I, what can I record? Sometimes just pull up your phone and record it. People Mm want to see it. And I've been trying to do that more on job sites. Like, you know, uh, I did a story, uh, uh, Instagram story about, uh, the second floor hollow core slabs going in on a crane. I mean, yeah. Yeah. How often do you see that happening? You know, yeah. So, and people are like, wow, Florida construction really, you know, your coastal construction really amazes me. That thing's yeah. like a fortress. So it's just when you can, you don't, the things you don't think about sometimes are the best things to put out there. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the books that I read that is amazing is it's called, it's a book called story worthy by this guy named Matthew Dix. And it, it talks about he's a, a, a storytelling champion. The, the moth slams is, 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 are these storytelling competitions. And one of the things that he talks about in that book is at the end of your day, just cataloging four or five moments in your day, because a lot of times there are days, there are moments in our days that can make stories that we don't think about and we forget them. Yeah. So for example, 
an agent is prepping for a, an open house on a Saturday, right? And the agent wakes up in the morning and they're like, okay, I'm ready for this open house. And then they find out that, you know, the, the staging hadn't been completed on Thursday or Friday. And, you know, and they find out all of these things on Saturday morning. So now they've got to go through this process of getting everything right for that day. If you think about it, listen, if you thought if you had a documentary or a film crew following you mm -hmm. that day as you went through that, that would be an amazing story. That would be that would be some really compelling stuff. Right. That's that's kind of like, as I mentioned, in the industry of perfection, the imperfection behind the scenes that takes yeah. place in order to get get you to this point. And it's really that's that's the connection point for people, because we're flawed. We're human beings and we're flawed. And we while we say while we'll click like on perfection, while we go to Instagram and we'll click like on the model or the or the or the dude with the Ferrari on the on the runway, <laughs> right, with a, with a jet blurred, perfectly blurred in the background, yeah. um, right? We know that that is not the reality, and so when we do find situations and people who are willing to be authentic and truthful with us, we gravitate towards mm. that. So an agent, a, a developer, a builder that says, listen, this, this is the behind the scenes. This, that's why people love behind the scenes so much. This is, this is what happens on the way to that beauty that you saw today. Yeah. Right? Pe people, people love that. So catalog your stories, catalog your moments in your day, and you'll find out how much you actually have to talk about that that you may have just overlooked because you're like, this is my regular day. I do this all the time. Why would anybody want to listen to this? Right. Yeah. But, but people do because people, people like imperfection because they want to know that they're not the only ones who are screw ups. They want to know that they're not the only ones who have had challenges and there's somebody else who's experiencing challenges and is still holding their head up and making it through it and, 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 and overcoming mm -hmm. it provides hope. Yeah. Yeah. That's going off of that too. Cause you're so spot on one of my, or a couple of my mentors, Andy Frasilla and Ed Milet actually, uh, they actually talked about that too. At one point where they said, stop, stop always posting your wins, mm -hmm. you know, stop always posting yeah. your wins, post some of your losses, say, yeah. Hey, you know, I lost this deal. I, I, I could have had it because of ABC. I did right. this, but next time I'm going to learn from that mistake and do it this way. You know, right. people want to see the real you. I mean, it's, and everybody, like you just said, everybody posts their wins. You never right. really see the loss. You never really see the hardship. You never really see, because I guess more people are hesitant to do that because it goes back to what you said in the speaking end of things too, is right. they're afraid of the outcome. They're afraid of what people are actually going to think and say about them too. So it's just, it's, it's hard to do, but when you do it, you actually yeah. click with more people more than anything, like you're saying, and people get on the same page as you. And then they're probably going to follow you even more to see how your daily life actually is. It's just, yeah. it's the fear thing, man. Like, I mean, people are always so afraid of what other people think. Mm -hmm. And that's just common human nature, especially in a social media world we live in. That's why all yeah. you see is the Ferraris and the planes rather than, <laughs> you know, rather than the hardship and, and what yeah. actually people are going through. And as you're scrolling through, you're, you think everybody's lives are perfect, but nobody's lives are perfect. Not at all. Not at all. So anyway, that was that great. I love that. Last thing before I get into some personal questions, and I'll let you go here. Yeah. How can we communicate better to our clients to help the real estate and construction process more? Uh, let's just brush on this real quick because obviously we talked about this a little bit. Let's go deeper into this. How can we communicate better with our clients to help these processes going actually through them, not at the yeah. sales process, but actually when we get the sale or if we're building a house, so on. Right. So I think really we talked about some of this already as far as the emotional 
part of this? What, how can we reach the emotions of people? But let me add to that not just the emotions, but, but the benefits, because a lot of us, if we think about, if we go into our minds, we have this ideal life that is, that is there somewhere, right? There's this, there's this picture of this world that we'd like to live in. We, there's this picture of this life that we would like to have. I would like to have this life where I'm chilling in a hut on the Maldives, where the water is 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 uh is crystal clear and I can see to the bottom of the ocean with the sand and I could see the fish swimming around I'm like ooh this is this is so beautiful and I still have internet <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> right? Right? and all and all of this so we, people what what are the benefits so as I think about a house as I think about a piece of property as I think about something tangible like that what benefit is it going to bring for the people who you are, who you are selling it to? Yeah. Let's connect with them emotionally and tell them about your experience. But then as you tell them about your experience, now the bridge that we've got across is got to take them to the benefits for them to really see and experience visually and vividly mentally that future life, that future state, that, that ideal state, you know, what, what is it? You know, can you imagine yourself in this house in five years, you know, and let's go back to the family with 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 your daughter and your son kind of running around in the backyard. I know this is a new construction. You can, you don't see the grass yet. You don't, you don't see you don't see the sod yet. You don't see all of that stuff yet. But listen, in, in just a year, it's going to look like this. Here, here's the picture. And I want you to imagine this. Right. And and not only will you able to be able to experience happiness, what's happening is that there are businesses in this town. There's much there's business coming to this town. And what's going to happen is that the house values are going to triple or the house values are going to increase over the next um, 24 months because there are much more people coming in to live in these areas. They're building a train station over there. They're doing this. And so this is what the community is going to look like. So now you're experiencing, now you're uh, talking to the emotional experience, but you're also talking to the financial benefit. You're talking to the future state that that person wants, right? So how can we really understand that? A lot of times we speak to the future state only. We say, we talk about the money because we figure, yep, money's what everybody wants. Yeah, that's a piece of it, but can you add that future state in once you have connected with, with, with the emotion of, of what it is that they want to experience ultimately? So you've, you've got to have two things. You've got to have the emotion, but you've got to figure out what the benefits are and speak to those as well. How many actually use that today? I right right after this, I got a client selection meeting too, and that's that's all purely selling that future state too. Imagine mm-hmm. your kitchen looking like this. Imagine you know we're going to go do countertops. Imagine this countertop looking here, going here. Yeah, it's a little yeah. bit more money, so on. It's even in the smallest things that what you yep. just said matters too, because you're selling that. And Hey, I, I hope I'm right there with you with the internet floating on the yeah. art, just out, <laughs> out looking at that crystal clear water, you know, yeah. and that's that, that I, but it's just, you're, you're, you have that future state of mind and one day, no doubt you'll be there. And, right. and that's the thing it's law of attraction, but then you're also using it in a different perspective as well. You're, you're, pushing that towards a final result of your client and what they want. And, and that, that's, I mean, I'm going to use that too. That was, yeah. that was some gold right there. What you just awesome. said. Yeah. I, that was awesome, man. I appreciate that. Um, let's keep rolling here, getting into some personal questions. One of my favorite questions I ask every person on my show is what about you personally? What lessons have you learned throughout your journey that we should all apply to our own business or our own lives that can help us grow? Wow. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the biggest thing for me has been, I have this disease and I think a lot of people have it called Superman syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> and this this thing where I think I I think I can do everything by myself, and I think that everything that needs to be done has to be done through my own muscles and through my own personal effort. 
And um, I had to learn to let go. I had to learn to delegate something as simple as, listen, dude, you don't need to read all of your emails. What do you, what do you mean? That's my email. That's my inbox. That's something private. It's personal. I don't want anybody. Listen, you don't have to read all of your emails. I had to get to a point where it's like, yeah, I say to my assistant now, um, Hey, you know, her part of her job is you, you go through my emails and you pick out the ones that are important for me to respond to. And then I'll respond to them the next day Mm -hmm. or later in the afternoon. Right. You don't have to do everything. Your best bet and your best um, advice or your best mode of operation is to get to a place where you have a community or you've got a team or you've got systems around you that enable you to operate bigger than you actually are. Right. You've only got two arms. But imagine if you had people, if you had systems that can make it look like you had eight arms or 16, right? That's, that's really where you begin to, to multiply your, your business. And I had a business mentor who said to me, listen, you want to get to the place in business where you're 80% strategy and only 20% execution, right? Only 20% of the time, are you actually doing things? Are you actually sending the email? Are you actually designing the flyer or you're actually doing things 80% of the time you need to be, okay, how can, how can this get bigger? How can we help more people? How can we be more efficient? How can we, you know, organize our systems differently? What automations can we put in place? That's where I need to have the majority of my time. And as I'm figuring out those questions and navigating those things, then I need to say after that, okay, what resources do I need to put into place to make those strategies executable? Hopefully that was helpful. Uh, yeah, no, I, that I love because I have that same thing. Right when you said Superman syndrome, I was like, "Yep, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm right there with you, brother." I mean, it's yeah. it's it's the same battle I've always had for a long time, wanting to just handle everything, do everything myself, and yeah, and it wears you out. I mean, it just it you 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 only have in. One thing I've talked about too is is the importance of time and how much I've realized that you know obviously we we can make time to do things but we also need to in order to do those things like you said you have to delegate other things so that you can take care of the things that matter. So yeah. it's it's so important. I'm learning that more and more. I'm still battling with it. I think everybody battles with it too. Cause you still want to, you're like, well, I could have done that better if I would have been involved, you know, you still get that in, in your head, but the more you kind of get out and delegate, the more you let people learn and the better they get at it too. And I'm, I'm experiencing that currently. I mean, in, in our business right now, we had somebody that just left up and left can couldn't handle it it's construction we're busy right now so who's going to fill that void well obviously yeah. i had to step up and i had somebody else thank god in the office that i think is more than capable of doing it and now she's doing it it's a lot in front of her but she's tackling it and a lot of it's just learning as you go and that's what i'm there for is to keep telling her you're gonna get yeah. this take your time you know learn it as you go and you'll form your own system and you'll be better at it hands down. So love what you said there too. Uh, So most people talk about your past. Let's talk about your future. Where will we see Robert in five, 10, 15 years from now? Who will you be? Well, I don't know the time frame yet, but I know what what we want to be is the number one facility where people come for presentation, public speaking and storytelling training. We want to have this big building with an auditorium where people can come for inspiration and, and education and and training and media. So that building is already on my wall, man. Maybe we'll call Ryman to say, hey, give us some some advice and how can you help us with the development of it? Um, (laughs) Right. So it's, it's, it's already there, man. Um, So yeah, that's, that's, that's where we're headed. I don't know if that's 10 years, but um, that's, that's the future me. That's the future vision. That's the, that's where we'll be. 
Love it. Love it. And last question to what this show's all about. What exactly do people need to look for when hiring a coach or a professional in communication? And why should they choose Robert Kennedy as their coach or go to, to mentor of choice? Yeah. Wow. So that's like three questions, man. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So uh, the first part of what, what should people look for when hiring a coach? I think the biggest decisions that we make in our lives are filled with anxiety and, and, and butterflies and, and things in the pit of our stomach, because ultimately we want to get better and we want to, to improve and we want to accelerate, but there's always that investment uh, component where you're like, how much money, how much am I willing to spend? How much am I willing to invest in this part of things? You know, if I invest too small, does that mean that my progress is going to be small? If I invest larger, does that automatically mean that my progress is going to be large? And we have those questions spinning. So I think as you are looking for coaching, number one thing is you, you've, you've got a vibe with, with the person. You've got to feel connected to the person. You've got to be clear on what your values are so that when something or someone aligns with them, you'll feel it. Mm-hmm. You'll know it. So gaining personal clarity is important first. Um, and I know that's challenging. And one of the ways that you do that is also by having some accountability, talking things out with someone else who is outside of your maybe family circle that can provide some objective perspective or objective uh, feedback to you about where you're headed, what your dreams look like, what it is, is what it is that you want to accomplish. So start doing that. And then as you are looking for a coach, Look for a coach who is, look for stories. Look for a coach who is going to share with you their real, where they've come from, how they've navigated things instead of somebody that's just saying, hey, I work for this coaching company and this is what we do, mm-hmm. right? How, do, how does it affect you personally? What, what, what has been your experience with this? Can you share with me stories of people that you've helped? Um, you know, what was that like? So uh, that's question number one. The second, the, the other one that you said, why choose Robert Kennedy as coach? Well, listen, I would say choose Robert Kennedy because I know Robert Kennedy has been someone that is that was nervous about speaking in front of people. I know that Robert Kennedy has been was someone who was nervous about being judged <laughs> by other people, and I know that Robert Kennedy has been was is someone who is constantly looking to grow and has navigated some of the nervousness and and the fears. And so as you connect with me in, in looking to become a better presenter, a better storyteller, a better salesperson, you're not going to get someone who is just telling you theory. You're not just going to get someone who's telling you book learning. You're not just going to get someone who's telling you, you should do it this way because this is the way it always has been done. You're getting someone who is looking at where you are, uh, sharing with you and connecting experiences that you've had with experiences that I've had and, and, and people that I've connected with as well. And really taking you from where you are currently to, to and helping you to imagine that future pace, that future person, that future place that you can be. So, uh, yeah, I think that's it in a nutshell. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's been everything you've said has been so uh, awesome, brother. I appreciate you coming on, taking the time to do this because uh, it's such, such an important topic and key topic in any business. I mean, no matter mm-hmm. what, if we don't have proper communication, you're not going to see much success. You're not going to see That's much right. growth. It's just so important. such a key thing. So I really appreciate your time today. Last thing I want people to be able to connect with you and find you. So where can they find you? Oh, I'm easy to find online. Robert Kennedy, the number three, if you look up Robert Kennedy and type the number three, right after that, you're going to find me on Instagram. You'll find me on Twitter. You'll find me on Facebook. You'll find me on LinkedIn. Um, you'll find me on the website, robertkennedy3.com. Yeah. So it's, I I try to be consistent. 
<laughs> we try. We try. So I try. I try too. I mean, some of my names are taken in other areas. So mine's all, yeah, it's yeah. just consistency's key though. But I mean, yeah. and obviously go check out the what's my story podcast. Yeah. That's, that's another. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. The what's my story podcast. We do that every Monday at one thirty Eastern standard time. Uh, you want to watch that live. You go to WMS podcast dot live forward slash watch. And the audio version of the podcast releases on Thursdays as well. So you can go to what's my story podcast.live to grab the online version or the audio version, I'm sorry, of the of the podcast. Awesome. Robert, I appreciate your time today and I appreciate you coming on. This has been awesome. Amazing. Thank you for doing this today. My pleasure, brother. Thanks, yeah. Bill. Yeah. Thank you. And everybody that's listening, thank you for listening. Obviously, I don't advertise. I don't ask for anything, but you to share this podcast. Also give me only five-star reviews. That's all I accept. So obviously, (laughs) and take time to comment on iTunes too, because that obviously gets this show further out there. So with that being said, thank you all for listening and I will see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the real build. And guys, if you would just take a little bit of your time to write a review below, I'd really appreciate it. It doesn't take long. Obviously, reviews are going to make this show be heard by more people. And that's what we need. We need to get this out there. So please write a review, share it with your friends and family. And thank you so much for everybody that's listening. And I'll see you guys on the next episode.